Good morning, everybody. Morning. <laughs> welcome to Crossroads. We want to welcome all our guests. If it's your first time or your first few times, we want you to feel at home in this room. Welcome to everybody online. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, all the things. I don't know where else we are. Somewhere else, but wherever you are. What was that? Instagram. I don't know if we're on Instagram. I don't think we're on Instagram yet, but that would be awesome. TikTok, that would be awesome too, but not yet. Things to come. So <laughs> um, we're so excited to be together, and just as we open this time, we want to spend some time worshiping Jesus, giving him thanks, making room for, for him to move in this place as we lift him up in worship, and we're so excited to do it, y'all. So we're going to open with prayer, and we want you to feel at home. So you can kneel, you can stand, you can dance. You can move around, you can come up front. Feel free in this place. You can you can be louder, you can be quiet. All those things are good. There's not one that's better than the other. So 
feel at home in this space today. And let's go ahead and pray as we get started. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just say, come and have your way today. Come and move in our hearts, move in our lives today. God, we humble ourselves. We lift our eyes to you. You are beautiful. You're so good. We are a grateful, thankful people for all that you are, King Jesus. Reign in this place. Reign in our hearts. Oh God, be enthroned upon our hearts. We love you. We love you. This is all for you today. In Jesus' name. And if you agree, you can say amen. Amen. Feel free to stand if you want or sit, lay, kneel, dance, move around, whatever you want to do today.
Open wide, the fire falls down. Heaven. 
oceans open wide, your fire falls down, heaven and earth collide, keep Jesus forever by my side. Your power, your Yeah. 
to sing God of Revival as we close this time of worship to the Lord with singing and dancing. And um, let's sing this song as a declaration over our city, over our nation, over the earth right now. You guys, I just feel such a stirring in the spirit. People are hungry. People are ready. The Lord says the harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. And I just believe that there's so many hearts that are just, they're so ready. And so, God, we want to posture our hearts to be ready as your people, God. Awaken us from slumber. Awaken us from sleep. Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day of your awakening, God. We believe you. We are people of faith.
to you from a different place today. Some of us show up in confusion. Some of us in celebration. Some of us in pain. Some in fear. You know each of our hearts, Lord God. You know what's going on in our lives. You know the ones of us who got here today and didn't feel like we could do it. But you are the God of revival. 
you are the one who breaks strongholds. You are the one who brings deliverance and breaks change so that we can hear them dropping to the ground. And so, Lord, we lift our eyes up to you today. We lift our hearts up to you today. No matter where we brought them here today, we lift them up to you and we say, we love you, Lord. We trust you. You are the one who can meet our needs. And so we bring ourselves to you individually and corporately, Lord. Those of us who are here in person, those of us who are here online, those of us who listen to this recording in the future, Lord, we bring ourselves to you and we say, you are our God of revival. We ask for revival in our own hearts. We ask for it in our church. We ask for it in our city, in our communities, in our state, and in the nation, around the globe, Lord God, that your love would bring revival. We ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you, worship team. I was one of those people who got here today and didn't think I could do it. And they have an amazing way of bringing us into the presence of Jesus and just restoring your heart and bringing revival even in my heart. So this morning, I want to continue worship with an opportunity for all of you to give tithes and offerings if you want to. Um, I love this church because I don't have to stand up here and ask for money because y'all just give it. <laughs> and that's kind of amazing. We have done so many things in the last month with that money. I have the privilege of being on the business council, and so I get to see uh, the ways that you're giving supports. We have given to so many amazing ministries globally in this last uh, month, even. We have one of our own who has headed off to start a ministry in Indonesia, and we were able to support her as well as all of the things that we usually do. We're super excited about that. Um, one of the neatest things that got done this month, I don't know if any of you can tell, but we actually got to put in all new windows in this building, um, which has needed to be done for probably decades. Um, and so you guys funded that, and we just really appreciate it. So right now, there are three ways you can give. You can um, do it on our app or our website, and if you are here in person, there's a box in the back, and we're going to give you a minute to do that while we transition up here into time for our message.
Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online. We are so happy to have you here with us today at Crossroads. We would love to get to know you. Um, as we go through the service later on, there will be some numbers that you can text or call, or you can reach out to us on our app or our website. We would love to get to know you. If you have any prayer needs or anything else, just reach out to us. We would love to get to know you today. Those of you are who are here in person, I'm seeing a lot more faces, and I'm getting to see my friends. I know who's here now. It's wonderful to see you. Um, we have uh, our app that announcements on, the things that are going on. Some of you have been asking about events and the different things that we're doing. If you can just go onto our app or online, you'll see that information right here. There's a lot of things that are going on that are getting started again, different groups, um, different opportunities to serve, and we would love to connect with you there. Right now, I would love to welcome up my good friend, Joe McCrillis, who is going to talk about Messy Church with us today. <laughs> hey, Dave. Morning, everybody. How are you? <clears throat> what a great morning so far. I, uh, I'm blessed that the church can be the way it is. Uh, I was just uh, blessed this morning. Uh, my son was talking to me. He's like, uh, we're all serving somewhere today. I was like, oh, that's amazing. But the fact that, that there's a place for people, yeah. that my littlest, who's 10, she's helping in the nursery because she loves it. Nobody, they're like, oh, well, you're their dad, so you tell them what to do. I was like, I don't know if you know this, but that rarely happens. <laughs> Where whatever dad says, everybody does. I'm shocked. If that's a shocker to you, then I'm willing to sign up for your parenting classes at any time. You know, and our, our middle daughter who's 16, she's working with the fourth and fifth graders, and uh, my wife's helping in the nursery as well, and my son got to sing with the worship team. That it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, if you're young or old, I'll take the old. Of that, that, that God has a place for me, and he has a place for you. With that comes some stuff, though. It makes the church a little bit messy, because it's not just filled with professionals. Have you ever been to a church where it was just professionals? It was the, the five people who get paid a lot of money to just do the music. It's the one person who speaks every week, except for their birthday and Christmas or something like that. You know, they never mess up because it's a bit more of a show than it is a family coming together and doing things. Because I know I'll be, when the family takes turn doing the dishes, it doesn't always look as good as when mom does it. You know what I mean? She, forgive me that this could sound bad, but she's definitely the professional in our family. Not that mom should be the professional at cleaning the dishes, but there's a big difference. She goes, you just straighten up. I clean. And I was like, yes, I'm very sorry. Thank you. Thank you for your amazing love and how you care for me and our family. Same thing, you know, my 10-year-old, she's learning. She finds an amazing way to put the least amount of dishes possible in there, but still sort of look, make it look filled. You're like, I put two bowls here, a big one there, and you're like, the whole thing's full done. I was like, I'm pretty sure you clean nothing. The whole thing is still filled with dishes, but she's doing whatever her best is. It can be like that a little bit at the church sometimes. Because you're like, what do you mean you're letting somebody who hasn't had six years of singing training sing? Or they're still learning the guitar. I remember when Robert moved here 11 years ago to help at Crossroads, there was a lot less people, and they had a team that was like the same team every week. 
And when he said, I think we need to be more of a messy church, I'm going to be really honest. This is not speaking bad. There were people who said, I can't do that. I got to go. So Rob asks an 18-year-old young man who just has been fiddling on a guitar, really doesn't know what he's doing. He says, would you be willing? Would you be willing to give it a try? And he's like, I'm not very good. How many of you feel like that? I'm not very good. I'm not a 10. And Rob said, I don't care. If you're a two, give your two to Jesus. There is a verse that says, make a joyful noise. (laughs) Sometimes God just wants your noise. Maybe you're in the rows and we're singing. You're like, man, I don't sing that good. I shouldn't sing. People will be bothered. People are not bothered by you. God loves it. It's like when your kid would sing you a song. It doesn't matter if it's on pitch. They, it's their song to you. Amen. And God feels that way about us. We're continuing in our series, Messy Church. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. I'm going to preface some of the stuff that we're talking about today because some words take on new meaning. Do you know what that means? We all have words that we all have this common agreement on. That's what that means, Right? If I was to say that we were going to do this message and we were going to talk about masks and we were going to do it two years ago, we would all know what I was talking about. Now we're like, oh, you mean the air suckers, the, the, you, the things that keep us safe, the whatever we feel about those, but we're so tired of masks. I want you to funnel that passion today into this message. Because <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just going to cut right to it. There are masks you love to wear. And you wear them every day. Woo! Keep going, Joe. I didn't even write that down. No, but that's true. We wear masks all the time in front of people and we love it. In fact, we feel insecure if we don't have it. I'm going to talk to you today about that. Not because it's comfortable for me, because I got my own mask I need to throw down. Jesus says, Jesus doesn't use us because we're perfect. He uses us because we're imperfect. And it helps show who he is a little bit more. Messes are not just physical messes. They're not just mistakes. It's just the presence of people sometimes. There's this great verse in Proverbs. It says, without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox the harvest. I grew up in Nebraska. I don't know if you can tell just by looking at me. (laughs) Corn fed all the way. Uh, uh, I have cousins who own farms. Some did, you know, uh, a lot of corn. Some they did a lot of animals. And you'd go and visit. For us, it was like a treat because we just visited. I didn't have to live on the farm. I didn't have to work the farm. I was definitely a city boy. But you could have a super clean, neat farm with no animals, and it's not productive. Because the more mess you have, the more harvest you have. The more people that are involved, the more people that have an opportunity to develop the gifts that God's made them to be the purposes for their life, sometimes the more things you need to come up behind and clean up. It requires more care. It requires more attention. 
So do we care more about having a clean church where just a few people are doing things or do we want the mess that comes with striving for the harvest that God has for us? So to do that, we're going to have to address the mess. We're going to have to look at some of the issues that we have and allow God to improve us, to work on us, If it feels like there's always somebody behind me, that's just the wind blowing on our wooden building. Don't worry, it hasn't fallen over yet. It's been here for decades, like they said before. Always going to be a little bit of mess. And sometimes we think that the person who holds the microphone or stands under the lights, that they've got it the most figured out, and we should do what they're doing. We should imitate them. Paul wrote, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. He wrote to, to one of his, uh, his um, mentors, somebody he was training, who before, when he sent him to a church, they said, he's not old enough. He's not experienced enough. His name was Timothy. And he wrote to Timothy and he said, what I'm saying is true. You should accept it. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. Which, if you just stop there, that is a great, he goes, let me just tell you the truth. Jesus didn't come to make people feel bad. He came to save the people who are a mess. And the truth is, we're all a mess. He came for all of us. Paul goes one step farther. He goes, of whom? Of all these sinners, he goes, of whom? I'm the worst. I don't think this was a humble brag. I don't think he was like, I'm probably like the worst, you know. He was saying, I've got a list of things that should disqualify me right away. He goes, I was on the other side. I was trying to kill Christians. I was, I was messed up. I thought that, that was what made me right with God, and I was wrong. He goes, there's no way to be right with that. But God said, I can make it right. Crossroads is a place where masks aren't required. That's what our message is about today. These kind of masks. This is... Our kids' art project this week, I think. I'm going to tell the world that I can save the world. Your mask could be whatever. I think I can do it. I think I'm strong enough. I think I'm powerful enough. I think I've got the right amount of friends or whatever it is to do whatever it is. I want people to think this about me instead of how I really am. That's not new. Our state tries really hard at that. We'd want people to see that we are we got a mess, that we're human. The fact that we love Jesus and we're following him and we're trying to be more like him should not mean that it's hypocritical to still have a mess. It should mean that we're on a journey to improve. That's a good thing. You don't look down on somebody who's in recovery and go like, oh, what's wrong with you? You go, you recognized it. Good for you. You're working on it. Good for you. For somebody to acknowledge and go like, I need Jesus in my life, good for you. The fact that you're still going to struggle is okay. That's, That's part of life. At least you recognize it and you're working on it. You're trying to minimize those issues. But when we just lie to other people, we just put on a show. We just put on our mask. Don't let them see. Don't let them think. Don't let them know that I did what I did. Don't let them know that I've got issues. You 
imprison yourself because you're the only one who knows. You're always hiding about it. You're fearful of people finding out and you don't get the help that you need. And so you resort to all these other things to try to fix that, none of which are the solution that will change your life. Church should be the safest place in the world for us to gather, to come together and to take our masks off and put them down, to be honest with other people and say, I've, I'm tired of wearing this. I'm tired of people thinking I'm the strongest. I feel really weak right now. I desperately need Jesus, and I've not been allowing him into this part of my life. Sometimes we think, I already know Jesus, so I'm good. Man, I know people who know Jesus who've been wearing masks for all a long time, including me. I don't want people to know this about me. I want them to think this about me. Honesty is one of the best things you can do for yourself and for your faith and your faith family. We all have fears. We all have fears. We can choose to help others by being kind and hearing them and being truthful with them, but nobody wants to take off their masks with people they don't feel safe with. Sometimes people don't want to be transparent because they're afraid of what other people will think or what they'll say. For me, I've got fears. Maybe it's a different fear than your fear. I want people to think I'm strong enough and I can take care of things and I got it handled. But the reality is I need a lot of help. Sometimes I'm afraid of asking because then they won't think I'm this or that. They'll go like, man, he can't even do that. No, he can't. I can't. I really need other people more than I like to admit. What could God do in your life if you'd be willing to take your mask off? First, we should talk about there's a few things that keep people from being transparent. There's a few things that keep people from taking their mask off or wanting to be honest. The first one, when people are judgmental. Judgmental people make you feel insecure. Judgmental people feel, make you feel like uh, you don't belong. It's one of the reasons at Crossroads that we champion things like love and acceptance and forgiveness, that you don't have to come and have it all together. Jesus is the one who puts the pieces back together. And the fact that he didn't put them all back together already is okay. We're all in process. So what the church doesn't need, what people don't need, is us to judge them for being honest where they're at. It's to love them, to pray for them, to encourage them. Sometimes we feel if we'll be honest, if I'll put down my mask, if I'll put it on, I'll take it down and I'll tell somebody the truth, then maybe we'll be excluded. I can tell you that's huge in our state. If people only knew they wouldn't want me around, they would kick me out. I couldn't be a part of the club. This is what separates Jesus, the Jesus in the Bible apart from everybody else. Rob shared a verse last week. Jesus did not come for the people who were perfect. 
He came for the ones with the mess. It doesn't mean he doesn't want the people who think they're perfect. They've got their own messes to deal with. A lot of it is they need to take these off. But he came for the people who were broken and lost and hurting and confused. He offered help. He was inclusive. Jesus spent his time with people nobody would want to spend their time with because he says, come on, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to save you. The other thing is sometimes we get embarrassed that everybody else knows our issues. And I put everyone like this. Because sometimes we share in confidence with somebody where we're at. We take our mask off and then we find out 10 other people know our story. That is called gossip. The Bible says that's a sin. Spreading it around in the prayer group so everybody can know or telling you, hey, let me tell you this story so you can pray for that person. That's not how it works. Jesus didn't tell my business to everybody so that they could pray more. That's, that's not how that works. Somebody needs to give permission for their story to go further than one person. Nobody wants people to be telling stories about them when they're not there. I know I didn't. I know I don't. I'm sure you wouldn't either. We have to be a safe place that people can go like, if I share my story with somebody, I trust that it stays there. And that's something we agreed to here. If you come up and you spend time praying with anybody, that story doesn't come back to me. That story doesn't come back to Rob. That's between you and them and God. You don't even have to tell them your whole story. You can say, here's what I'm struggling with, and I need Jesus' help. I don't need the details. I know the one who already knows the details. See, the thing is, we think that we can hide behind these masks, and even God won't know. That is not how that works. It's never been how that works. But we've always felt like when we struggle, we need to hide. We need to put on our mask. And I'll just tell you, it's in your genes, not your physical genes. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to wash on them. That'll fix that. It's in Adam and Eve started it. They started with sin. First thing they did, they went and hid. They went and covered up. they like, I don't want you to see that I got problems. And we just pass it down. We just hide our stuff from other people and hope that nobody will know and nobody will judge us. Nobody will embarrass us instead of going to the source and getting help. Jesus doesn't reject us when we bring our problems to him. I said, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all the things that were wrong. That's a promise. He doesn't say, well, it just depends on what day. He's like, I do that on Sundays, but the rest of the week, no. It's all the time, and it's any time. 1 Samuel 16 says, the Lord doesn't look at the things people look at. He sees right past my masks. He's like, buddy, just put it down. People look at the outward appearance. They see the things I think I want them to see. A lot of people still see through it. It says that the Lord looks at the heart. 
He sees the things nobody else sees. He knows the truth inside us. He doesn't care for the show. He cares for our hearts. He wants us to be healthy and whole and healed. He's not looking for us to pretend that we're Captain America to save the world. He goes, I just want you to be you. You have a purpose and you have a plan. It's not their purpose and it's not their plan. It's yours. Proverbs 21 supports this same thing. It says, the Lord is the one who weighs the heart. If you're wondering like, oh, he's going to be mean. He's going to judge me. He goes, I'm just looking at your heart. I'm just caring about the thing that really matters. I really don't care about what you think the world thinks about you. I care about your heart. That's where this whole ball game is played, in our hearts. Honesty is one of the best things you can do for yourself and for your faith family. You know what? Sometimes it requires us to be transparent around other people. When Jesus was looking for um, disciples, for followers, he started in places that people wouldn't go. In fact, one day he walked up to the sea where they were fishing. He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and the people were crowding around him, and they were listening to what he was saying. People, he had already gotten a following. And he saw the waters as there were two boats. See, the problem was, where he was talking, all the people were blocking the sound, and he couldn't get out. So he goes, okay, I'm going to ask these guys, can I, can I talk on your boat? So he got into one of the boats that belonged to Simon, and he asked him, put it out a little bit. He goes, they can all hear that way. So he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now put it out into the deep waters and let your nets down for a catch. When he finished speaking, Simon said, Master, we've, we've worked hard all night. Have you ever worked hard at something and gotten nothing out of it? Yeah. Peter felt like that. And he's like, just in case you didn't know, Mr. Messiah guy. They weren't on a first-name basis yet. He goes, Mr. Teacher Guy, whatever your name is. But he did try. He's like, okay, master. Okay, you're a good guy. He goes, we did this all night. And I don't know if you know this, but we're fishermen. We, this is what we do. I know you do this thing. You've been going to talk with them. He goes, we do fishing. He says, we were out hard all night. We didn't catch a thing. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. He goes, you know what? I got to give it a try. What's the worst, right? When they, did, when they did so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat. They filled both boats. They, so much so they almost began to sink. So maybe Jesus knows a little bit about fishing. <laughs> when Simon Peter saw this, it says that he fell to his knees. And he said, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. All his friends are there. He goes, you should be here. If you knew whose boat you were on, you would have picked another boat. Don't, don't see. I don't want you to see my problems. But in fact, Peter said, he put his mask down. He goes, I'm a sinful person. You shouldn't be here. So Jesus left. No, wait, no, that's not what it says. 
me look closer. Because that's what we think. Sometimes we need to look closer. You're like, if I told him who I was, if Jesus saw the wrong things in me, if he saw my heart the way I know it is, he would go, I'm out of here. If I told him I was a sinful person and I needed his help, for sure he'd be gone. One of the big things, Simon said it in front of his friends. He didn't just keep it a secret. He said, everybody knows. This is my story. I got problems. I'm a mess. So Jesus said, don't be afraid. That's the thing he says to us. He goes, if you want to put your mask down, don't be afraid. He's speaking right to my heart. He goes, are you struggling with fear, young man? He goes, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And to Peter, he says, guess what? Don't be afraid. Now on, you're going to fish for people. He goes, I have a purpose for your life. And it's bigger than catching these fish. We can do this anytime. <laughs> this is easy for me. He goes, the real challenge, the real thing, he goes, you like catching? He goes, we're going to go talk to people with real problems. And we're going to share with them the good news. That God has come down to earth to save them. And that he loves them, even the mess that they are. He loves even the sinful people like you, Peter. And you're going to help me. Guess what Peter did? Peter followed him. Because when you experience life change with Jesus, you're never the same. When you understand how bad it was and how fresh and clean you feel because of his love overshadowing you, why would you ever want to go back? Why would you ever want to put that mask on again? Because you realize it's just fake and it's just a trap. Here's three reasons why we should be honest with trusted members of our community. When we find help from God, we can be honest. And let me say that better. Let me just read it. We find help from God when we can be honest. Proverbs 28 says, People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and they turn from them, they'll receive mercy. I could, do, I could spend all day. You know, Jesus, he was walking around, he was doing ministry. You know how often he just pulled people who were hurting, he just stopped and did that to them? It was far less than the people who said, hey, stop, wait for me, I need help. I've, they brought their friend. He's never walked before. The guy who was by this pool in Bethsaida, he goes, I can never get in in time. I need help. Or when somebody would come to Jesus, Jesus would say, what you want? What are you here for? What do you want me to do? He wants us to ask. He says it's important for you to lay it down. And it's important for you to say, this is what I need. And guess what he did? He answered their needs. He helped them. He wants to help us. But we have to be honest sometime. Can I tell you another story? Jesus was hanging on the cross. Maybe you've heard this story before. But he wasn't the only one on the cross that day. There were two other guys on the cross next to him. 
These guys had actually done something bad. They were thieves. Apparently not very good thieves because they got caught. Which, by the way, if you steal, you'll eventually get caught. So don't. Thank you, moms. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. One of them, he spent his time saying, if you're really God, why don't you just get us out of here, you know? And the other one said, we're the only ones who deserve to be here. We earned this. We're so messed up. This is our real punishment. You shouldn't be talking to him like that. And then, in fact, he says to Jesus, if you would just remember me. You know what Jesus said? Oh, thanks for asking, but you're messed up. No, he says, today you're going to be with me. He says, we're going to be in heaven today, you and me. Because he asked for help. He was willing to take off his mask. He was willing to be honest. People don't care about your fake stories. They don't care about your fake perfect life. They want to have a relationship with somebody who's real. Second thing is, having somebody who agrees with you in prayer is powerful. Powerful. Life-changing, powerful. James 5.16 says, if you confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person, one who's been made right by Jesus, is powerful and effective. So you can pray your prayers to God. You can pray to Jesus and ask him for help. And that is good, and you should do that. And there's also times where you should go and pray with somebody else. Sometimes it's just for you because you need the encouragement. You need the support. You need people standing with you. You need to not feel alone. You need to know that it's okay to be honest with yourself. It's okay to address the mess. Because it's powerful. There's actually a verse in the Bible that says when two or three people are gathered together for, in the same thing, talking about the same stuff, it says there's just so much power there. When two or three people are gathered in my midst, in my name, what's he say? He says, eh. Yeah. I'm busy. He goes, I'm right in the middle of that situation. He goes, come ask me. He goes, you want to ask? It says, if you ask, you'll receive. Sometimes we need to be willing to put our mask down. Even when we're believers, we go like, well, I've already asked God into my life. He goes, you need to, you got areas I'm not in. I'm not in your whole life. I'm in this little corner over here for about three hours on Sunday, maybe. I'm just talking about the church in general, not us here, right? Not us here, right? We're, he's in our my whole life, every day. He's the center. He doesn't just want to be a part of your Sunday mornings. He wants to be a part of your every day. Maybe you feel more comfortable keeping your issues private. Maybe you're a private person. That's what you tell yourself. That's what I tell myself. 
My wife will tell me, I was like, what do you talk with your friends on the phone for four hours about? <laughs> four, three hours, I, I can't even, I don't even know how much you could talk about. Are you using every descriptive word for everything? It's like, and the flowers were red with some orange tints, and you're just like, gee whiz. I think I get on the phone, I'll talk with my friend like, oh, and I'm, we'll do the outline of things, but we are not painting in the picture anyway like my wife is. I'm just getting to the point. She's like, the point is, that's part of the story, but that's not the whole story, right? <laughs> Amen, ladies? Don't call me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing. I take that back. I do have a time limit, though. Uh, but I'm working on that. I'm working on that. It's part of my mess. It's part of my mess. Maybe you feel more comfortable being private, but the truth is there's no power by yourself. If I told you that the sin, the mess that you're in has actually like chained you, locked you up, but inviting another person or inviting Jesus into your mess, everybody else has got the keys. If I said, oh, if I just invited Dave to come pray with me, I could unlock this or I could stay stuck by myself in the dark. You know how often we choose the dark? All the time. But we won't invite God into our mess. We won't invite somebody else who's got the keys. They can go with me and we can talk to God. I'm scared. They go, I'll go with you. Let's pray together. That's what praying with other people is about. It's like, let's do this together. Jesus loves us so much, he doesn't want anybody to stay in chains. The Bible says he came to free us from the chains. He, he bought us as a ransom. He says, I had to give my life up to buy you back from the from the sin that had enslaved you, had locked you up. He paid for you to be free. If I had a, a row of ice cream cones sitting there and I'm like, I paid for them all, you guys can all have them. But you're like, oh, I don't want to walk up and grab one. We do that. We've got our freedom sitting right there. All we have to do is grab it. And he goes, that's for you. You have to want it though. I can't put it on you. I can't force you to get yourself unlocked. Just ask. I'm going to tell you, it just centers around to this. You've got to be more transparent. I've got to be more honest with myself and with other people. If we think this fools people, by the way, y'all know I'm not Incredible Hulk, right? <laughs> I was hoping they would have made me like a little princess one too, but because sometimes that's the kind of mask we wear. Everybody's like, we all know he's not the little princess. It's just as clear as you know I'm not the green Incredible Hulk. I'm not the thing I want everybody else to believe, and neither are you. But we love living that story every day. I'm out to save the world, and I just ignore my problems. But if we would be willing to address the mess, if we'd be able to be willing to go, you know what? Living in a world with masks is something I don't want. Now, this is where you engage the part where you're like, I hate masks. I don't want them anymore, right? You need to hate these masks that much. You need to hate the fakeness that we live with, lies that we put in front of us so that nobody will see our truth. You need to hate it that much. Jesus says to love what is good and hate what is evil. That thing is keeping you from the freedom that God has for you. You need to hate it like you hate wearing masks for a year being stuck inside or whatever that is for you. He says, you need to hate it with a passion. He says, because I hate it. 
I hate when my kids are hurting and they won't let me help them. He wants to be a part of your life. The whole thing. He wants to help you with the mess. He's okay that you're broken and you need his help. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your amazing love. Thank you that it's so much bigger and so much more powerful than we really understand. We regularly go around trying to tell people that we're doing great when we're not. And we refuse their help because we think it makes us feel stronger or we're more independent or something like that. But the truth is we're broken and we need you. We're a mess, and you're the only one that can put us back together. You've got a purpose, and you've got a plan for our lives, and it's good. Less than that. So whether you're in the room here today or you're watching online this morning, one of the first questions I want to ask is if you don't know Jesus, he's not a part of your whole life. You've never invited him in, maybe because you think he'll be afraid of the mess he finds. Or maybe you think you need to be all, all perfect before he would want to come. He says, I want to come right now. He goes, I already paid the penalty to unlock your chains. I want you to be free from sin. I want you to have a new life and a new journey where I help you and I walk with you every day. If you've never done that and you'd like to do that, if you're online, just text up. If you're in the room, you don't have to stand up. You don't have to come up. But would you just slide your hand up by your face and say, that's me. I want that today. I need Jesus in my life. I see you and I see you. Anybody else who says, that's me. I don't want to live with the masks anymore. I want him to come in my life. I want him to invade every place. Jesus, we need you. We need you. Thank you that you would come and fill these lives, these hearts fresh and new. And I'm going to invite our prayer teams to come up. If you want to pray with somebody today, I want to encourage you to take a couple minutes. I finished early. Lunch has not even started. If you want to agree with somebody and say, hey, would you agree with me about this? Here's an area where I want God to help me. Here's an area where I need him more. Here's a mess that I'm struggling with that I need his help with. The Bible says it's powerful. If you're online, you call that number and talk with somebody, and they'll love to pray with you. So I'm going to have them just turn on the music. We're going to be done. You're going to be dismissed to go or stay and pray. This is your room. And online, we love you. We'll see you again next week. Do call in and talk and pray with somebody if you'd like. So let me just close. Jesus, come and do a new thing in us. Help us to cement what you're starting in us. For many of us, we need to lay down the masks. We need to accept that we have a mess and we need to address it with you. We need to make things right. We need your forgiveness and we need you to help us walk a new path. Would you help us as we join with others in prayer to see you move powerfully in our life? In Jesus' name.